If you have fallen asleep at 7.30 on a Friday night, you might be a teacher. Teaching is crazy, fun, exhausting, challenging, rewarding, and did I mention crazy? And as Catholic school teachers, we are also entrusted with imbuing Catholic identity. It's a huge responsibility, but fortunately for us, there is Finding God, the amazing K-8 faith formation program from Loyola Press. It's innovative, engaging, and the most inclusive and complete program we've ever used. Multimedia? Check. Scripture? Check. Family resources? Check. Bilingual? Check. And don't forget, posters, worksheets, quick start guides, apps, magazines, lesson plans. Seriously, Finding God has all you need and more. Pray about it. Visit FindingGod.com and order a sample. Finding God might not help you stay awake later on a Friday night, but it will help you sleep better knowing you're helping guide kids toward a faith-filled life. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen. We are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Colleen, do you remember when... I think you were teaching in the same time I was when Common Core came out and suddenly everyone had another layer of framework they had to either think about or dismiss or do something with. And there was just a, there's a resurgence of everyone wanting to get onto paper. What do we teach here and how do we learn in these schools? Do you remember that era? So this was in my first or second year as assistant superintendent. And as the assistant superintendent here in Phoenix, I was also in the role of curriculum director. So that all came under me. So boy, do yes. I remember it. That was, I, I lived it, I breathed it. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. And I came in a few years later into leadership. So I was teacher getting my master's degree in curriculum development at that time. So I was right in the thick of learning about it. And mm -hmm. then I jumped into assistant superintendent because, and just so our whole listenership knows that in that era, so we're talking about at least 10 years ago, um, there was yeah. this era of every diocese deciding if they were going to fully adopt Common Core or they were going to reject it, or they were going to modify it, or they were going to use parts and pieces. And every bishop, every superintendent felt like they had to say or do something about it. So in some areas of the country, it was not really a hot topic. And you could just adopt all of the national standards for reading and for um, reading, writing, so language arts and for mathematics. And in other parts of the country, it was very much like a no-no, like our, our community does not want this. They want to have a locally created document. So it was a, it was a big era and it was, yes. um, Colleen and I were both kind of thrust in the middle of it, which is great because now when I look at classrooms, I can really see the need for having some map, like where am I going and why am I going there? Um, you know, I've taught college courses on this. Colleen's led her diocese through this when she was in that process. So, um, so this is definitely our jam. So we're going to have the whole week be curriculum mapping week. Yay. Welcome to curriculum map week, Colleen. So Good to be here. <laughs> Good to be here. The uh, old curriculum mapping week. So can I ask you a question really quickly? Because sure. mm -hmm. when, so, you know, going back to like teaching, my, my teaching and principal years, mm -hmm. we had, nobody called it a curriculum map. Like when I first started, like it was, here's the scope and sequence. Can you, can yes. you tell? So, and some people still use that language. Some people say curriculum map or they say, well, what's a curriculum map? I use a, a scope and sequence or I use mm -hmm. a something else. Can you define what the difference is? 
So, and I'm going off of my own experiences of seeing all of these scope and sequences, mm-hmm. which I inherited in this era. So probably mm-hmm. the pre 2010 era. Um, yes. And it was a lot of list of topics, like a list of here's my, here are the topics or here are the chapters from the book or here's, um, yeah, it was a lot of like, here are the concepts I'm going to cover and here are the vocab words we're going to learn, or these are the saints yeah. we're going to do in each grade level. So it was very content heavy and that it was like, here's a list, like an outline. You could see it almost like, um, like a traditional, um, bulleted like outline of these are all my yeah. topics for the year. And so the shift really came with, and this was part of the controversy of common core is, are we teaching concepts or like, are we teaching content? Or are we teaching thinking? Or are we teaching opinion? Are we, are we putting our own bias on stuff? Like there was a lot of like, mm-hmm. like overlay, overlayers of things. But I think the best things that came out of this era was our kids are not just sponges. We're not just giving them a bunch of content and they're going to soak it in. How we teach her or why we teach her or what we're asking students to do with information shifted with the shift of technology also. So there's a lot of topics we could talk about here, but I think the biggest shift was scope and sequence to me and my experiences and in looking at um, drafts of scope and sequences throughout the country when I went to tackle my own in my diocese was that scope and sequence was a lot of words and lists and a curriculum map has more of this is the outcome I want a student to have, or this is what I'm assessing them on. And this is maybe more of a profile of a graduate of this grade level or of this school. So what can students do? What do they know? Um, What are they able to accomplish because they, they got through this course? So you just use the word outcomes. So that's the, that's the starting point for a curriculum map is what do we want to, what are the outcomes that we want, right? So it's, so this is, this is your backward design of let's start with the end in mind, and then let's come backwards and see how we're going to fill in the map. Correct. The map. So the map is the way of how we're going to get there. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this week, um, curriculum mapping week, we're going to go, we're going to use the concept of backward design. And um, that's a concept you can Google. There are some great researchers behind the concept of backward design. We're not going to get into the, into the background here, but if you're trying to figure out how to, how to backward design from a Catholic school point of view, we highly recommend the work of Dr. Michelle Leah from the Greeley Center at Loyola in Chicago, Loyola University. Um, The title of her book is getting started with backward design and you can you can find that online if you want to look at that it's very readable it's it's not an impossible read it's a good guide to um bring you through this process but there's three concepts here and the first thing you have to do is figure out those outcomes so mm-hmm. if you are in a diocese that does not have curriculum standards then you have to decide well what does it mean to be a fifth grader or an eighth grader or a 12th grader in my school and so what are my outcomes um they could be common core they could be diocesan curriculum standards, or it could be just a set of um, expectations that you built as a school. So this could be something locally figured out, or it could be something as a diocese you figured out or, or your religious order figured out, or it could be um, that you've adopted or adapted national standards. Yes. And I, I would say if, if you're not, if you're listening to this conversation and you're thinking, I'm, I'm not really sure where my school is at with this or where my diocese is at with this. Please know that um, you're in good company because as, as Jill and I mm-hmm. work with people around the country, um, th- it, this is an important thing that, that people all over the country are 
figuring out for themselves. And so um, some schools do it locally, and that is perfectly fine. And some dioceses have guidelines and standards, and that's perfectly fine. That's great. But if you're, and I know Jill works with a, a group, of, I work with a group of schools too, and they use Common Core. That's fine. But you got to know where you're starting from so that you can plan your outcomes. So you have to know what you're dealing with. Totally. And it's above your pay grade. Like, don't don't feel bad about what that list is because it's, it's above your pay grade. Like, if you, like someone else had to figure that out for you with the approval of the yep. bishop, like, what do we teach here and why do we teach it? When I came into my um, first Catholic school teaching job, that was a big... Um, that was a big issue for me because I, I said, okay, I'm teaching English 11. What does that mean? And everyone here said, oh no, we don't, we're not really sure yet. We're not using Common Core, but we don't know what to do. So fast forward a year later, I ended up as assistant superintendent and we started mapping things out so that we knew what we were doing in 11th grade and 10th grade and 9th grade and 8th grade. So that was really helpful to us to have a bit of a framework. Um, and I guess it's just really important before we um, go for the day, we, just when you think about what your outcomes are, and that's your starting place, is kids can't always read the jargon of teachers. So also making sure that those outcomes can be in some student-friendly language. Sometimes those are I can statements or the learner will. So it could be... So you're taking those bigger concepts and you're breaking it down to like, if a kid were to self-assess um, what they can do, then they should be a list. The other thing you probably have is a report card. So the report card are those outcomes. So if you look back at your school's report card, that if you are if you are standards-based school, so especially if you're in early elementary or middle elementary, you likely have a list of outcomes sitting there on your report card. Um, that's one more really, really great starting place if you're not sure where to start. So you're looking at, at the end of the year, what are my end results? What am I trying to reach for in each grade level and each content area? So that's a starting place number one. That's kind of homework for tonight is to figure out what are those outcomes. And then tomorrow when we jump back in on day two, we're going to, we're going to talk about the next step. So I think something is, so Jill just said it, and this will be the takeaway from today's episode is that she just gave you a little bit of homework, but it's also that concept of what are the I can statements? What are the objectives that you put on your board every day that, that, that are in student language that they know they're supposed to be working toward that day or that week. So let's leave it there. And that's, it's time anyway, time to go back to class. That's the bell. All right. Thanks for the energy boost. As we love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts, keep the suggestions coming in and tune in tomorrow for the next step of curriculum mapping. We're going to take some more ideas from fellow teachers. We'll see you next time.